If you have your Bibles and would turn with me to the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 14. I'm going to speak to you this morning on the power of the spoken word of God. And uh, this will be more of a teaching than a preaching this morning. I hope that you have uh, something to write with and can take notes and encourage yourself at a later time. Maybe if you have a margin, a wide enough margin. My Bible, my current Bible doesn't have that wide of margins, but uh, I, I have notes at the edge and I, uh, I underline verses of Scripture and I have little other verses of Scripture and I have arrows and lines. and That's um, a Bible well used, amen? You look at somebody's Bible and it's not got any markings in it, you wonder if they read it at all. You know, Bible's meant to be marked in, amen? Uh, that goes against your theology, God bless you, you'll get over it in Jesus' name. Amen. <laughs> Amen. 1 Corinthians chapter 14, and reading from verse 1, says, follow after charity and desire, everybody say desire, desire. spiritual gifts, but rather that ye may prophesy. Verse 2, for he that speaketh in an unknown tongue speaketh not unto men, but unto God. For no man understandeth him, howbeit in the spirit he speaketh mysteries. But he that prophesieth speaketh unto men to edification. Everyone say edification. That word edify means to build up. And exhortation to encourage and comfort. Verse 4. He that speaketh in an unknown tongue edifieth himself or builds himself up. But he that prophesieth edifieth or builds up the church. And everyone said amen. amen. You may be seated. I just wanted to segue here. In talking about speaking with tongues, this is a Pentecostal church and we do believe and encourage uh, you to speak in tongues. We also know from the scripture that the initial sign that you have the Holy Spirit within you is speaking with tongues. Scripture in Chapter 10 of the book of Acts, the Bible says that Peter went to Cornelius' house, who was a centurion of the Italian band, and he was a Gentile, had converted to perhaps uh, Judaism. The Bible says he was fasting and praying, seeking after God, wanting a greater revelation. He saw a vision. In this vision, an angel told him to go to uh, uh, the city of Joppa. In that city was a man named Peter, Simon Peter, and he would tell Cornelius what to do. You've perhaps read the story. I'll just give you a summary. The apostle Peter went to Cornelius' house and preached the message of Jesus Christ. And as he was preaching, no altar call specifically as such was given. The scripture says, as he was preaching and delivering the word of God, the Bible says that the spirit fell on them that were there and they began to speak with other tongues. Now, Peter was... He had already said to Cornelius, this is the very first time in my entire life that I have been inside of a Gentile's house. I've never gone to anyone's home that was not Jewish. I've never had a meal with anyone that is not Jewish. I have not associated with anyone who is not Jewish. So he he had a vision, and he wants to know, what do you need, Cornelius? I'm here because of the instruction of God. As he was preaching, the Spirit fell on those that were there, gathered because Cornelius had gathered his whole family there. They were waiting to hear from Peter. As they started to speak with other tongues, 
Peter looked at those men that had traveled from Joppa with him and they agreed among themselves that these that had received the baptism of the Holy Ghost should be baptized. And what was the sign that they, should, they had received the Spirit? He said, they said, because for we have heard them speak with tongues as we ourselves did on the day of Pentecost. So the initial sign that you have received the baptism of the Holy Ghost is speaking with other tongues. It's the evidence that you've received the Spirit, that the unction and anointing is with you. So we have established that. This is an apostolic church. This is a Pentecostal church. But I want to show you here the power of the spoken word of God. There is such anointing and power when you as a believer open your mouth to speak the words that God has given to you specifically from his word. We have 66 books here. We have a lot of, uh, that we can draw from. But there is something for everyone in the world at a specific time in their life in, that can be found in the word. Amen? Meaning no matter, no matter where you are in your life, no matter what the situation is or the problem or the circumstances that you're going through, there is something in the word that can give you guidance and direction and deliverance and help in that present time of need. It's found in the word. Everybody say it's found in the word. It's not some external source. It's not something that's extra biblical. It's a theological term that is used that would be found outside of the word. It's found within the word itself. This is the source of life. Jesus said, my words, they are spirit and they are life. Say it with me. My words, they are spirit and they are life. Now, some of you have looked at your Bible and thought it was just words, black or red letter words on white pieces of paper. And physically, yes, that's what it is. But spiritually, it is so much more. It will give you life. The life comes from the word of God. The life comes from the spoken word of God. If you just keep this book on your dresser or on your, your coffee table or on your shelf, it does you no good. David said it like this in Psalms 119 and verse 11. Thy word, everybody repeat it with me. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. How is the word hid in your heart? As you read it, as you speak it, it becomes a part of you. It becomes a part of your DNA. They say you are what you eat. I mean, if you eat Cheetos and Fritos and, and uh, you eat Twinkies all the time, your health will probably suffer, I would say. Uh, you, you're, you are susceptible to a lot of sicknesses and disease. Eating healthy is a very important part of life. I mean, uh, your parents probably growing up told you, you need to eat your vegetables. You need to, you need to eat your beets. <laughs> I, I, I prefer, I like, how many likes Harvard beets in here? I, I, I like Harvard beets. Uh, and I really, uh, some of you I saw holding your mouth, hand over your mouth. Uh, uh, Lord, I'll touch them, uh, minister to them right now. Harvard beets are, to me, are delicious. I, uh, I say to my wife sometimes, are we having beets? I like those Harvard beets. Now, you can prepare them any way, but I especially like them prepared that way. And some don't really like it, don't care for it, but I know that there's so much nourishment in that particular vegetable. Now, there are many other vegetables, and we could go on. This is not a culinary uh, seminar right this morning. Uh, but we are talking about ingesting the Word of God and the power of that word when it is not only stored within us but when it comes out it gives us life and the hearers that hear right. 
Now, Jesus said it like this. this. He said, he that hath an ear. What, finish it for me. He that hath an ear. Let him what? Hear. Meaning, from hearing that scripture and reading it, it sounds like you can shut off what is being said. You can stop what is being said and think, well, that's not for me. That's for somebody else. No, if the word goes forward, you should take, you should, as the scripture says, eat what's set before you. How many remembers as a child, your mother, your father, your aunt, whoever was serving that particular day, put something on the table and you said to yourself, and maybe you voiced it out loud, I don't like this. How many remember saying that? I don't like this. My father, he would always say, eat what's set before you. If you don't eat that, don't come here an hour later thinking you're going to get into the refrigerator. You, there is a prohibition. If you don't eat what's set before you, you're not eating later. My mother would say, the cafeteria is closed. <laughs> Meaning there was no sneaking into the refrigerator at midnight. There, there were rules. I had to eat what was set before me, whether I, I liked it or not. You know what? I just decided I like to eat better than to go without, so I'm going to eat what's set before me. Amen? And I figured out, uh, uh, as a kid, I, spinach had this, I, I don't particularly care for canned spinach, and you open the can, it, it seems a little bitter in my taste. and So, uh, as I've gotten older, I like fresh spinach. You know, you buy it and we cook it and, and it has a sweeter taste. But, I, you know, as a kid, I decided, well, here it is. It ain't my favorite, but I'm going to eat it anyhow. You know what? Dad would say, he'd start quoting the scripture. You know, it tastes, it tastes bitter in your mouth, but it's going to be sweet in your belly. And I said, well, Dad, I thought the scripture said it's sweet in your mouth and bitter in your belly. <laughs> he said, just eat it. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> There's something very powerful about eating the right foods. You, they say that you get a little sore throat if you take a little honey and lemon, mix it together, and sip on that. That that uh, has properties, proprietary properties that will give wellness to your throat. But there's power in the spoken word of God. As we, Paul said, I would, if speaking in tongues is beneficial for yourself, it builds yourself, I encourage you in your private time to speak in tongues. I encourage you in your prayer time to just speak in tongues or if you're here in the congregation and audience speaking in tongues. But I don't encourage those who preach up behind the pulpit to speak in tongues for the whole time they're up here. They will be benefited. They will be edified. They will be built up. But we ourselves, we're going to sit there with our hands folded and say, I don't know what they're saying. There's power in the word that's understood to give us life. Now, Isaiah chapter 55, verses 10 and 11. Verse 11 says, so is my word that goes out from my mouth. Now, here's, here's the thing. You can hide the word in your heart, and it's beneficial to you. But when you speak the word, it's, it becomes beneficial to you and to the hearer. Amen. It's, there's that anointing that takes place that is resident within you. It will not become active. You know, have you ever, um, those brethren, maybe you sisters have, have been a particular part of this, there are some uh, elements that have to, that come in two different packages and there are some glues and epoxies that come in two different packages. You, you know what I'm talking about? That, that will not be active unless they are mixed together. And when they are mixed, you've got a certain amount of time to do whatever you're going to do. Because if you don't do it, it ain't done. <laughs> Amen? The word has to be mixed together. There has to be the word in our hearts. 
and it has to be mixed. So then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So that word that's spoken, that word that's in our life has to be mixed with the spoken aspect of the word. If it's just lying dormant in your life, it's there. Have you ever, have you ever seen someone doing something wrong and you wanted to say, that's not how you do that. But you, you were just a passerby. You were just somebody that was just going by and you saw them doing something wrong and you thought to yourself, should I say something or should I just keep my words, my thoughts to myself and just keep on going? I'm not sure what will be involved if I just give my opinion right now and say, you know, because some people will receive it and some people won't receive it. As if, well, who do you think you are stopping and telling me what I'm doing wrong? Okay, go ahead. But the word is like that. We are to speak the word with love in truth as the word is scattered out. Amen. And it's those who have a hunger in their heart to receive the word that will receive life. There is an irresistible supernatural power in God's word. It will not return to him empty. So is my word that goes out from my mouth, it will not return to me empty or void, but will accomplish what I desire. So the word of God, if you speak it and continue to speak it, it will not return void. Someone says, I've heard that particular message before. I've heard that particular saying before. What benefit is there to saying it again? Have you ever had a particular meal? Uh, how many has ever had meatloaf? Now, I like meatloaf, but I don't want it for every meal. <laughs> Amen? But there, there are times when I decided I want meatloaf. Or there, uh, how many likes uh, uh, hamburgers? Uh, that's just going to... Hamburgers are great, but I don't like hamburgers for every meal. There is a variety, and so when... Just as in the word is preached, there's something that's different for every one of us, but I like to hear it again. Yeah, I need to be reminded again of the power of the word. So God's word will accomplish his desires and purposes. Now, the King James Version descriptively says that the word of God will not return void. It comes with a promise, Isaiah 55, 11. In other words, it's going to get the job done. How many, uh, you know, some, I'm, you can take this however you want, but I like cleaning products that get the job done. Uh, I, I bought something that said this is green, has green power, and I thought, well, I'm going to be helpful for the environment, you know, and I bought it thinking, I was thinking good thoughts about myself, or, in, you know, <laughs> I bought this and things are well. And uh, I got it home, and it was so weak. It, it didn't have any get up and go. As one man said it, get up and go, got up and went. And I thought, you know, I'm going to go back and get that stuff that's not so green. I need the job done. You know, I want the real unadulterated word of God. It gets the job done. Sometimes other things seem more palatable to us. They taste better. How many's ever, uh, let, let me just get down to where you're living a little bit. If you've ever done a little fasting or decided you're going to do a little dieting or, you know, you're, you're going to cut back. And you know you have some ice cream in the refrigerator, in the freezer. And how many's ever broke your fast or your, your dieting with a big old bowl of ice cream? Go ahead and say yes if you have. You know, I'm, see, I'm not alone. Hallelujah. Because <laughs> it looked good to the eyes. I, you know, my, I, I'm thinking, oh, if I could just get in there and get that bowl of ice cream, that butter pecan. Oh, man, oh, man, oh, man. <sighs> I just stuck a nerve on some of it. <laughs> what, 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 what's that dairy uh, uh, cup? What is it? 
UDF, yeah, that's uh, United Dairy Farmers. Uh, and I think, oh, it's going to be good. You know, but once I had that big old, I didn't feel so good after all that sugar in my belly, after not eating for two days. <laughs> that, don't do that, you, you know. That's the wrong thing to do. And then I had a, this sugar rush, and, I, and you feel good for a little bit, and then all of a sudden it plummets, and down you go. And think, man, oh, man, it's just down there growling and rumbling around. My stomach's looking up at me saying, what would you do this for? <laughs> but God's word is not like that. God's word is effective. Amen. It's sweet. And then when it gets on the inside, it gives, there's something about a good, healthy meal that when you eat it, you feel good. Amen. The word of God is powerful because it's guaranteed by God to be effective. I want you to uh, look at this passage of scripture here that we read. Paul said, I would rather that you speak so that everyone could be edified. Here's the power of prophecy. He said, desire spiritual gifts. Someone said we shouldn't. Yes, you should desire spiritual gifts. That's what the scripture says. And desire spiritual gifts, but rather that ye may prophesy. Because... Remember, the spiritual gifts are not to edify us. They're to edify the body. If you want a spiritual gift, get ready because you're, you're asking for service. You're asking to be involved and to be a part of blessing the kingdom of God even when you may not feel like you're 100%. Amen? God will ask you to use that gift when you don't even feel like using that gift. Let me go down this path a little bit. You know, some of you, oh, I want to do this for God. Okay, you can do that for God. And once God gives you the gift, you're just an instrument. He doesn't allow you to use it when you feel like using it. He uses you whether you want to use it or not. Now, some of you didn't understand what I'm saying. Is if you ask for God to give you a gift and he gives you that gift, whether you become a conduit and you are going to be used of God to operate that gift, whether you want to at that particular moment to do it or not. You're now a vessel. And a vessel doesn't say to the master, I don't want to be used right now. How many's ever opened the cupboard of their in their house and got yourself a glass out because that's what you put water or any whatever else you're going to drink. And that's the container. And the glass spoke to you and said, hey, I don't want to be used right now. Put me back in the cupboard. You'd throw that glass. <laughs> but that's us as a vessel. If you desire spiritual gifts, you don't get to choose the time that the gift is operated through you. It's not God, I'll... I'll I'll be submissive at 9 in the morning till 5 in the evening and with an hour lunch break and a couple uh, lunch, uh, you know, breaks, uh, a dinner break and an afternoon and a morning break. That's God might call you at 11 o'clock. Amen? He said, desire spiritual gifts, but rather that ye may prophesy. For he that speaketh in an unknown tongue speaketh not unto God, men, but unto God. There's a blessing in speaking in tongues. You edify yourself. Here it says that we edify ourselves. He that speaketh in an unknown tongue edifies himself. This is a blessing. And you should do this. But I'm talking to you this morning about the power of the word as we speak it and how it comes out of our mouth. You know, we should be careful about how words that we use. Amen. We should be a long way from the world. We don't want to associate our language with the language that the world uses. Let me speak on this for a moment. Our language should be distinctly different from the language that the world uses. We shouldn't use acronyms to describe something that the world speaks plainly. Do I have to get any more plain than that? 
If you're using acronyms, in other words, if you're using letters to describe a phrase that the world uses, then you should not use it. Amen. It's carnality. It's, it doesn't, it's not building up. Remember, carnal words don't build up. It's godly words that build up and encourage. When you speak the word of God, you're tapping into limitless power. Everybody say limitless power. There's limitless power in hiding this word in your heart and speaking it. I spoke uh, a couple of Wednesdays ago about uh, the seed. This word is the seed and hiding it in our hearts. Now, if you plant one kernel of corn into the ground you're going to get one stalk of corn and on that one stalk will you're almost guaranteed to get one ear of corn sometimes there's two if it's a hybrid it might be three ears of corn but we're not talking about a hybrid we're just let's just talk about one stalk and one ear coming from one kernel on that one ear is anywhere between 600 to 700 kernels on the one ear of corn from the one kernel of corn that you planted into the ground. I I just want you to get the multiplication of God's kingdom that he gave to us. Everything in all the vegetables, all the fruit, some uh, vegetables or fruit have one seed, and that seed has a purpose. The animal eats it and then leaves the refuse on the ground and that gra- it falls into the ground and grows into another plant. Then there are, are as I'm describing, the corn, and one kernel is planted in the ground. It brings up 600 plus kernels from that one ear. And then you take that one ear and replant it. If you've got 600 plants, you see the multiplication of God and how he has designed the the word to be planted in our heart, if you take one aspect of the word and plant it into our heart and see the benefits that it brings back to you, it brings back to your family. Amen. This will bless your family. As I've said before, this is not just to bless you. It's to bless your children and your children's children. And to all that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. That is the power of the word. We're not doing what we're doing for ourselves only. We're doing for our children and we're doing for our children's children. And so on and so forth. Amen? That's the promise. Now, Jeremiah chapter 23, verses 28 through 29 let the one who has my word speak it faithfully. He said in verse 29, Is not my word like fire, declares the Lord, and like a hammer that breaks a rock in pieces. Think of the word of God like a hammer. Picture that hammer that can drive a nail bringing positive results. Anything that can drive nails is what doing what? building have you ever needed a hammer how many's ever taken taken their shoe off and used it as a hammer raise your hand if you've ever done that yeah and how much you wished you had a hammer (laughs) you went through the house and thinking i thought i had a hammer i wish i had a hammer but i don't have a hammer and so you, you took the only thing that you could think of and You took that shoe and pounded that nail or whatever it was you were trying to drive into the wall. You were trying to build something with an object that wasn't really made to build. And while you might have gotten it to do a little bit, how much you wish you had a hammer that you could really drive that nail into the wall and make it steady and sturdy and steadfast. That's the word of God. Have you ever searched for a scripture? And it really wasn't the right scripture. You used it, but it wasn't the right scripture. It's like taking your shoe and driving that nail. But when there's something so powerful, it's like what? Pictures of silver or apples of silver and pictures of gold. I think that's how I'm saying that. I'm not saying that right. 
Do you know what the verse of scripture I'm just trying to quote here? Does anyone know where that is? Proverbs 28, 5. 20, Brother Ham said it's Proverbs 25, 16. Apples of gold and pictures of silver. A word fitly spoken. Have you ever searched for a scripture and all of a sudden the Holy Spirit pulled out from inside of you and it came out of your mouth and it encouraged you and the individual that you were ministering to? Read that to us aloud, Brother Ham, please. A word fitly spoken. It's a beautiful thing, as the writer says. It's beautiful when the right word is applied to our lives. It's beautiful when you see the light come on as the word comes out of your mouth and ministers to someone that needs just a word of encouragement, a word to build them up. I'm talking to you about the word of life. Amen. So this hammer can also break down obstacles. Not only can the same hammer be used to build up, but you can take that same hammer and to break down something. That's the beauty of a hammer. It can be used to drive a nail in. It can be used to tap a piece of wood or or to uh, move something into into alignment. It can also be used to break something and tear it out, something that needs to be repaired. The Word of God can, all, can build you up, but as the, the preacher, the, the anointing one speaks, he can use the Word what to in, rebuke, to exhort, to encourage with all long-suffering. It's that Word that will build up And yet at the same time, it can tear out things, those strongholds that have been built up over uh, many years in our lives. uh, I was on the way to camp, uh, our campground, and uh, there's a building that someone has been, I would uh, guess, that they are, it's a pay-as-you-go project. How many's ever seen those pay-as-you-go projects? And uh, it, I, I think he's gotten more, he's had some periods of time, he or she or whoever they are, where they didn't have any money to pay-as-you-go. So it's just set there. And I noticed that over the years that the studs, <laughs> as they're, he, he had enough money to buy the, fr- the wood and he framed it up but he didn't put anything on it. He must have ran out of money. doesn't have anything to cover the, the studs, the wood, up with. And so they're becoming weather-beaten. And the longer it sits there, uncovered, the more that can happen. And I keep, I'm, I'm, I'm hopeful for the fellow, whoever's doing it. I, oh, God, give him some money so he can get some, uh, something on that building. He's, in other words, his money is going to go to waste if he doesn't done, do something soon. Amen? I was one place and they were building, erecting a, uh, a commercial building and they had concrete and they had rebar and, uh, and they had stopped in the middle of the project and they had uh, scaffolding and there it was. It had been sitting like that for four or five years and you know what? They might as well take a wrecking ball and tear it down and start all over. Amen? The word of God will keep on hammering you. That's why you show up to church. That's why you are here to hear the word of God so it can keep on hammering in those areas that need to be tore out so that they can be built up. Amen? The word of God does that. It pulls things out of our heart that we need to have pulled out so that we can be built up. Amen. Speak God's word faithfully. And all kinds of positive things are going to happen. And all kinds of obstacles 
and op opposition will be what? Broken. See, this, so this is a two-edged sword. It builds up and it cuts down. The Word of God builds up and it takes out what doesn't need to be there. The God, the, the God that we serve knows that there are areas of our life that need constant improvement. So he's going to pull things out that we've placed there through carnal means. That's why we shouldn't assist the devil in building things up in our lives. That's why we should be speaking the word instead of carnal words. Don't assist the devil in building up barriers and strongholds in your life. Let me camp there for a moment. You can assist the devil by the very words that you speak. Well, I don't think God loves me. You need to stop saying that. Someone said that to me sometime. Well, I don't know about you, but I, I read through the scriptures. So God so for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. So you need to stop speaking against the scripture. God loves you. He loves those who are unlovable and those who don't love him. He loves. Speak and agree with the word of God. Don't agree with the devil. Three times, Jesus spoke to Satan. It is written. It is written. Somebody say with me, it is written. Say it again. It is written. When Jesus spoke that, Satan's schemes were defeated. Now, you need to take the example that Jesus gave. And you're saying, well, how can I overcome? How can I overcome? How, how can I remain victorious? You need to quote the word, it is written. It is written. Somebody say with me again. It is written. Your words have power. They are God's words when you speak the word of God. John chapter 11, verse 43 and 44, when he had said this, Jesus called in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. And the dead man came out. Now, I'm not sure. Someone has said to me one time that he had to specifically say, Lazarus, come out. If he had just said, come out, everybody would have come out. <laughs> Amen? Here we have the words of a life. Of eternal life, Jesus speaking. He said, Lazarus, speaking to that specific man in that tomb, come out. I believe he had the power to say to everyone that was in the tombs, come out, and they would have come out. Have you not read in the scripture when, when, the, the, uh, when he said it is finished and there was an earthquake and the Bible says the saints came out of the tombs. Have you read that? In other words, there was life. There was something that was taking place in that death. He was giving life as he gave his life for us. Amen. In Genesis, God said, let there be. And the light, the sun, the moon, the stars, animals, birds, and fish, and more came into being from God's spoken word of power. Excuse me. My nose is acting up this morning. Yeah, it's a, it's a bonding moment. You can watch me blow my nose. <laughs> What's well, better than that than to run down my lip? <laughs> One of those days, you know, doesn't always cooperate, you know. You wish your body cooperated with you all the time, didn't you? Wouldn't you? <laughs> Someone told me yesterday, they thought they were 10 in their mind. They don't look 10, but they said they were 10. I said, well, you can tell yourself all kinds of things. That doesn't make it so. <laughs> Amen. 
Jesus said, the words that I speak in John chapter 6, verse 63, they are spirit and they are life. Speak the word. Somebody say, say with me, speak the word. Now, we see this done. There's a centurion. Jesus is going on his way, and, and some disciples come to some Jewish leaders who, have, who are uh, some quasi-disciples of Jesus. They, they were kind of on the fringe, but they knew Jesus, and they came up to him and said, Hey, uh, we have this centurion, man. He's a good man. He built a, a, a synagogue for us, and he, he's a great man, but he has a servant, his favorite servant, his, his right-hand man is very sick, and we want you to go pray. And Jesus said, okay, I'll go pray for him. And while he's on the way, the servant, the, the centurion rather, comes up to him and says, oh, you don't need to come to my house. I, I'm not a good man. Uh, don't, don't come to my house. He said, you just, you just what? Speak the word. You just speak the word. And Jesus stopped. He stopped. He said, wow. In other words, I'm going to tell you, wow. I have not experienced this in all of Israel. Even the, all the Jewish people that have the law and the prophets, nobody has spoken in this manner. And here is this centurion That just says to me, you don't have to come to my house. You just speak the word. You see, because the Jews will want to, I want to see it happen. You know, I want to see you do it. I, let me see it with my eyes and I'll believe it, you know. And I, I won't really believe it just because you say it. I want to see you do it. But the centurion knew something about authority and power. He knew something about the word. He said, just speak the word. I'm a man of authority, he said. I tell men to go and they go and, and to come and they come and, and do this and they do it. I, I, hey, if they don't like it, then there are consequences to not obeying my authority. He said, you're a man of authority. In other words, you just speak the word and it'll be done. You don't have to come to my house. You don't have to send anybody to my house. You just speak the word. That's a revelation. You should just get that right now. Why can't you speak the word to yourself? Why can't you speak the word to your family? Why can't? There's power. I know there's collective power. When any, any two agree uh, as touching anything, it shall be done. There is power and agreement, but there is very much power when you speak the word. You just speak the word and it shall be done. What do you want done? I'm asking that. Not rhetorically, I'm asking you now, audibly, what do you want done? Some of you have been thinking in your mind you'd want something done. You know what? You need to start speaking it. Well, let's, let's, let's show you the power of the spoken word of God. And Jesus said this. Mark chapter 11. Verse 12, and on the morrow, Mark chapter 11, verse 12, and on the morrow when they were come from Bethany, he was hungry, seeing a fig tree afar off, having leaves, he came, if happily he might find anything thereon. He was hungry and just looking for something to eat, and when he came to it, he found nothing but leaves. Well, wait a minute, it's not even time for figs. It was not yet. And Jesus answered and said unto it, No man eat fruit of thee hereafter forever. Boom. 
that was a huge kaboom. Jesus said, boom! Nobody eat from you ever. And his disciples heard it. Now, Jesus is not just speaking words out there just to be mouthing stuff. He has a reason for what he's doing. And they continue on. And they came to Jerusalem, and Jesus went into the temple, began to cast out them that sold and bought in the temple and overthrew the tables of the money changers and the seats of them that sold doves and would not suffer that any man should carry any vessel through the temple. And he taught, saying unto them, Is, not, it, is, is it not written, My house shall be called of all nations the house of prayer, but ye have made it a den of thieves? And the scribes and the chief priests heard it and sought how they might destroy him, for they feared him because all the people were astonished at his doctrine. And when even was come, evening, he went out of the city. And in the morning, as they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. Now, it seems to me that this is a 24-hour period. Maybe not even quite 24 hour, but it was just given a one full day. And they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots, and Peter, calling to remembrance, saying unto him, that's Jesus, Master, behold, the fig tree which thou cursedest is withered away. Well, that's amazing. And Jesus answering and said unto them, have faith in God. Now, what's that got to do with the price of tea in China? <laughs> really? He's wanting to know. He's astonished at the physics of Jesus cursing the fig tree. And the next day, I mean, it is dried up, dead. Peter says, wow, Lord, look at that thing. It's, it's obviously very dead. And Jesus says, have faith in God. Now, here's how, do you have, how you have faith in God. I'm going to give you all this Bible study this morning. We're coming to a conclusion. For verily, I say unto you, say the word say, say unto you that whosoever shall say. Now, let's, let's, uh, I want, let's read it out loud. For verily, I say Unto you that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed and be cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. He saith. How many times does the word say or its um, relative saith, as the E-T-H is a King James Elizabethan saying or continuation, mentioned there? There's something very powerful about Jesus is trying to teach a lesson. Now, I want to give you a caveat about this. This is not for you to whip out that you can just name it and claim it anything you want. I want to be the president of the United States. No, forget about it. You don't. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? Where you are today. Look at yourself. Look at your, the, where you are. You need to start speaking the word. This is not to give you power so that you can be God. And be careful what you say about other people. You know why gossip is so bad? Because it delves into the realm of witchcraft. When you speak words against someone else, Jesus said, bless and curse not. You have the power to both bless and you have the power to curse. But, listen, 
You have only the authority to bless. You don't have the authority to curse. You see what I'm saying? You have the spiritual power to bless and the spiritual authority to bless. You have the spiritual power to curse, but you don't have the spiritual authority to curse. Amen. That's So, let's read this again. Let's read it out loud. We're talking about the power of the spoken word of God. So then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Let's say it. Let me paraphrase it to you like this. So then faith comes by hearing yourself say the word of God. Everybody get that? So then faith cometh by hearing and hearing what? Not just anything, the word of God. So faith comes when you hear yourself say the word of God. Amen? Let's read this again in Mark chapter 11, and we're coming to a close in this Bible study this morning. And Jesus answering saith unto them, have faith in God. Now he's going to give you the key to how, show you how to do that. For verily, I'm telling you, I'm saying unto you, that whosoever shall, what? Now that's pretty weak. You don't believe it. <laughs> whosoever shall, what? Say. Come on. Whosoever shall, what? Say. Whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he, what? Say it again. Saith, shall what come to pass? For he shall have whatsoever he saith. Amen. Well, there's power in that. Therefore I say unto you, what things soever you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them and ye shall have them. Amen. Amen. The power of the spoken word. So, bringing this all to conclusion and summary, we should be careful about what we say. Are we feeding into the schemes of the devil by our very words? Words are powerful. How many's ever heard the little ditty, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never harm me? That is one of the biggest lies that you have ever heard. <laughs> there is a truth to that. Sticks and stones, sure, yes, they can break your bones. But words will destroy you or give you life. Amen. I know it sounds good as a child and, and those you're, you're a long time forgetting about that broken arm or that lump on your head from that stone being thrown. But you might not ever forget the word that someone spoke to you in a hateful way, in a hurtful way. How many ever remember words that's been spoken to you in a, in a hateful, hurtful way? And it has been years, 20 years, 30 years, maybe the whole, your whole entire life from a child. I want to give you the, a clue that you can overcome that through the power of speaking Amen. the word of God. Amen. Would you stand to your feet this morning? Thank you for being a participant in this Bible study. We pray that you've been blessed right now. Would you raise your hands as they sing right now in Jesus' name?